0: Hello, all. This is Artie Kulik, the host of the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, the podcast for seedsing.com. And uh, so it's, gosh, I don't know. Has it been since 2021, 2021 that we last recorded with the greatest other host, Ty? How are you today? Hi,
1: everybody. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I was <laughs> thinking about how the past couple of Fridays we've been out of town or doing other stuff. So yeah, it's, it's been a minute.
0: I mean, in our... Post-vaccination boosted state, we decided to go super spread wherever we could. You went down to Memphis, and I went out to New York City, so it was uh, quite the exciting few weeks there.
1: I went to see my doctor today, and he told me, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I've gotten COVID, and I take this certain medicine that helps uh, slow down COVID, so I'm pretty much protected well, as, you, as I can got, be at this You've
0: point. got ivermectin.
1: No, no, it's called fluvoxamine. <laughs> I don't take that horse paste nonsense.
0: Your I'm dog does.
1: Ah, probably, but if, he's my dog. He's not if, vaccinated either. Maybe if, my dog's Yeah, I not say, if,
0: if your dog takes heartworm medicine, that's ivermectin.
1: Uh, he, he sure does, but I don't take heartworm medicine. I, it's called fluvoxamine. Look it up. They did a huge study on it. It's great.
0: So I know when the unicron virus comes around to get me again, I'll have my dog's uh, heartworm medicine I can take.
1: I can't believe people think that works. (laughs) Didn't the study just come out saying that it doesn't like help you against hospitalization or something?
0: Yeah. But to, to quote, you know, our hero, Joe Rogan, I mean, there's a lot of different studies that we should be looking at.
1: Ridiculous.
0: All right. So I'm going to talk to you about another toy today, Ty, and this is actually what we were going to do a few weeks ago. So I'm like beyond well researched in this, but I'm going to, what I did not research or did I not do correctly is pronunciations, because I am going to butcher a lot of these pronunciations, okay? And I'm also going to say, when I first started this, because I really kind of wanted to keep to something within our lifetime, and so when I first thought about this, I was like, oh, this is in our lifetime. I was off by decades. This Actually, this toy line goes back a hell of a lot further than I thought it ever did. Are you ready for this?
1: I've been waiting for two weeks, so... (laughs)
0: Okay. Once again, I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to butcher these names, but I'm going to do the best I can. In 1958, there was a Belgian comic book artist named Pierre Couffort, who he went by his pen name was Payo, Peyo. P E Y O. Peyo did these this um, like comic strips. He did a few different comic strips here, and it's uh, his biggest one was something uh, Johan and Pewit. And it was set in Europe during the Middle Ages and they had like sword and sorcery and all this stuff. Well, he decided with this little comic book to start telling a lot of um, stories about a mythical race of creatures that were three apples high and blue. And he called Whoa, these okay. creatures Les Shrutunfs. Les I think that's right. Yes. Sure. And these little three-apple-high blue things, they wore these Pythagorean caps, and they were all named for kind of what they did. Being the very first one, as a matter of fact, was named Jokey Le Shruton, otherwise known as Jokey Smurf.
1: Mm-hmm. I know the Smurfs. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> this was Peo's biggest You know, thing it was, uh, it it was huge. And it was, Mm -hmm. like I said, just this little throwaway thing. So he started to write specific comic books just for the Smurfs. And he would constantly introduce all these characters again and again. The first female Smurf, Smurfette, was actually introduced in 1966. Oh, wow. And then you followed by, you had things like Papa Smurf, who was the head of it. And I'll get into the second half, some of the like political theories that have arisen around the Smurfs. But here I want to. Of course, there's (laughs) political theories on Smurfs. (laughs) Here I want to talk specifically just about kind of the origin and where these came from. And obviously these were such a big deal that almost immediately they started to produce the Smurf dolls. Now, like I said, I thought the Smurfs were. The, the dolls themselves or whatever were invented sometime in the 1980s. And I don't yeah. know if you ever had Smurfs, but, man, I had a crap ton of them.
1: I don't remember owning any of the toys, but I do remember a TV show, and I remember seeing them on stuff all the time. And, like you said, little blue characters with little white hats on, and I believe they wore white pants. And, of course being the father of two young kids i have seen parts of the smurfs movies.
0: Uh, you're talking about the live action the newer ones? Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, so and like again i'll get to that too but this uh, it, you know it went huge and they started to manufacture all these little these little dolls like i said there's Jokey Smurf and uh, when I talk about like the really valuable ones, it's actually kind of upsetting. They were made of like this material. and There was like a rumor that went around in the 1970s that they were made of like, you know, lead paint or poisonous material <laughs> and it kind of crashed the Smurf market. But then that all ended up being wrong. But it, I, I'm going to go back here to the to the comic strip. So Peo would he would just have these little adventures of all these Smurfs that kind of whichever Smurf was you know, focused on that it would, you know, be something about what they did or how they got their name or how is it was. And I'm going to give you some of the, um, some of the Smurfs here. So okay. like I said, there was a, a Smurfette or Strupfumfette. Uh, again, I can't say that. Papa Smurf, Grand Strupf, Clumsy Smurf. I'm going to stop with the Belgian sayings because I have sure. no, I have no freaking idea how to do this. <laughs> Brainy Smurf, Grouchy Smurf, Hefty, Hefty Smurf, Chef Smurf. Vanity Smurf, Handy Smurf, Tracker Smurf, uh, Good Lord. Alchemist Smurf. Sasset Smurf. So there's more than one. There was a grandpa smurf. A King Smurf. An editor Smurf. Basically anything you could ever think of, they made some little Smurf doll for it. And they they had like a a Smurf that held a sign that said like I love you. And you could give it as a Valentine. Or they had a Smurf that was like for graduation that you could give somebody for a you can give somebody for like graduating high school oh here's a little smurf they're just these little stupid dolls and then in 1981 they premiered their own TV show
1: long long ago deep in the forest there was a hidden village where tiny creatures lived they call themselves smurfs they were good Was Gargamel, the evil wizard. He was bad. Oh, I hate smurfs. I'll get you. I'll get all of you if it's the last thing I ever do. <laughs> oh, I'll get you. I'll find your village someday. You'll be sorry. Well, the forest is still there. And if you listen, you may hear Gargamel's rage. And if you are good, you may just catch a glimpse of the smurfs
0: that was basically the introduction the first of the smurfs and it tells you it's and it's not the whole la 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 that everybody's expecting which you know i might play that too sing la 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 da, 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 da. Your
1: smurf along with me
0: simple as can be Anyways, it's uh, it introduces you to that there's these weird little blue creatures and then there's this evil wizard named Gargamel and this cat Azrael. Gargamel wants to, I, I don't, I never quite, I think he wants to cook the Smurfs or something like that. It's like a witch? <laughs> I don't exactly remember all of it. That was their adventures. Basically, the, the one human who in the, you know who plays Gargamel in the live action movies. Hank there. That's Homer right.
1: Simpson himself. Of course mm-hmm. I know that.
0: They do. They get into these adventures and they learn things. And Gargamel tries to get them, and uh, you know all this other stuff. Now,
1: and and pardon me, I said Homer. I meant to say Moses like I Homer know. I was I'm just. I,
0: I was just about to <laughs> correct you.
1: Moses like Pardon me. I made a mistake.
0: Now the Smurfs ran for nearly ten years. It started in nineteen eighty one. and I think they ended it in eighty nine. And there's been a variety of like reboots. There's been the movies. There's been all that other stuff. Like any TV show. And again, well what is what does uh you know the late Rick James say cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yep. So I'm gonna read you some of the uh some of the plot synopsis of a few episodes of the Smurfs. And this was your typical like Saturday morning cartoon, really easy disposable. Like I still I liked my G.I. Joe. I liked my Star Wars. I have no idea why I was so into the Smurfs because I've even gone back and watched these little episodes. This is this stuff is like for extremely little kids. Maybe my brain was just that underdeveloped back then. Sure. But, but anyways, with all the just general, all be nice to each other and don't let grumpy Smurf get you down and all that other BS, these were a couple of other episodes I had. One was called The Purple Smurfs. Now, this episode, basically, and I did watch this one and it is insane. OK, but uh, right. they're the Smurfs are building some kind of tree and Lazy Smurf is is like upset. And he, there's a purple fly that keeps, you know, flying around him. And you look at this fly and it's got like vampire fate. Lazy Smurf gets all mad and he starts chasing the fly. And he, he does. He flies into this rage and then suddenly it bites him and he turns purple. And then every time they would get lazy, would get near another Smurf, they would turn purple. It basically... Was Night of the Living Dead done Smurf style?
1: So, to say, is this a zombie? <laughs> the Smurfs attempting their thing at zombies.
0: Yes. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: or vampires, or whatever you want to call from that genre.
0: And then, uh, again, to talk about teaching a lesson, there's another episode called The Heavenly Smurfs. Gargamel and Azrael, who, again, they don't know where the Smurf village is, but they're, you know, they're going to cook them or whatever. They, they think they'll finally catch some Smurfs and they think they, they found some and they're, they're going to get them. Uh, they both fall and get knocked unconscious. So Jokey Smurf, Smurf decides he's going to play joke on him, you know, because that's why they call him Jokey. And he wants, he, he wants every, he works with other Smurfs to make Gargamel think that he's dead. Like, so Gargamel wakes up, he thinks he's dead and he comes to and he's like, have I passed away? And they're all like, oh yeah, yeah. And they make it like it's heaven or something like that. And then suddenly some of the Smurfs are devils and they're coming after them about, Whoa. you know, this is what you did to us and you're you're going to, you know, burn in hell or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's heavy stuff for a kid's cartoon. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically in between these stupid little episodes. That's what you would have is some of these more nightmarish type things. Do you remember at all even watching the Smurfs?
1: I don't necessarily remember watching it again. I Remember their white pants, their blue bodies, and their blue hats. I feel like if I had paid more attention, I would definitely remember at least the heavenly episode you were talking about. But <laughs> honestly, I don't, I don't recall anything that happened in any episode. Like I, just, I can point out the Smurfs. I can point out what they look like. I wouldn't be able to tell you which one is jokey or whatever you want to call them. But I have these very, very vague recollections of just what the Smurfs look like, but I do not, I know it's from watching the show, but I do not remember watching the show at all.
0: Now, on top of the Smurfs, like little figurines, there was also like play sets. They all lived in these uh, mushroom houses. So you could buy these things. And again, I have no idea why I had it. They of course had, um, McDonald's did promotions with them. I mean, in the 1980s, they were everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then they just disappeared. Just,
1: yeah, I wonder why. And like, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure McDonald's had a big hand, so I'm sure that's where we got most of the toys from. But yeah, it just seemed like they were gone. Like, other stuff seems to have had more lasting power than the Smurfs Smurfs did.
0: Now, like everything, um, who is it? I saw somebody tweet this out yesterday, and they put up the top 50 movies from 1982, I think. It's a great year, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, very good. But there was um, like how many of these movies were still doing today? Uh-huh. Blade Runner was on that, not like Aliens or something. I remember the top ten was just wild. They're all movies we're still doing today, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then some movie yeah. called Firefox, which I, I don't know. I guess we haven't Is done that, that about
1: the internet search thing that you did that there? you
0: know. It's funny as a guy that tweeted out said the exact same thing. <laughs> oh really?
1: <Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> I had on Twitter, so I didn't steal it from them. No,
0: no, no, no. It's uh what do they call it? They call it uh lateral thinking. But yeah,
1: yeah.
0: but they still like every year they would release I I mean basically since the 1960s, they've been releasing Smurfs. They're just become you don't see them in stores. Like you said, a movie came out, a a a live action hybrid animated movie, where I guess the Smurfs were animated and uh, like we said, Hank Azaria was the the former voice of a Pooh. Was the uh, yeah? Was the um? Is Gargamel in it? They made two movies, and then they did another cartoon movie. I think it was called The Lost Village. Both of those movies did well in the theater.
1: Totally, and well, And like like you said, you look at the cast, and I'm looking at it right now on my phone. But Hank Azaria, as you mentioned. Neil Patrick Harris is the other human in the movie with Jayma Mays. And Jayma Mays was on Glee for people who wanted mm-hmm. to look her up. But some of the people who do voices uh, of people, you have Sophia Vergara. Tim Gunn is in the movie. It's just There's like these famous, super famous people looking at the cast. Katy Perry, Jonathan Winters. I mean, there aren't no-name people who showed. And that's just the first Smurfs movies. And then you mentioned the Smurfs Lost Village. And you have Demi Lovato. Rain Wilson, Joe Manganiello, Jack McBrayer, Danny Pudi, Mandy Patinkin. These are big time heavy hitters in Hollywood. And they're all lending their voice or their acting to these movies.
0: And I've I mean, I still haven't done like G.I. Joe yet, but is so what, 10 years or so ago, they tried those live action movies with Channing Tatum and uh, and yep. The Rock And look, when the time comes, I I will give my defense of those movies. Um, I know a lot of the dudes my age, those movies don't sit well with them. I'm like the exact opposite. I don't care for the G.I. Joe cartoon movie that came out in the 80s. Speaking of which, I, I decided now that I've gone fully into my vinyl, I decided I'm going to start getting 4K DVDs. And you
1: are the true Pierre of this website, my man. And uh,
0: and I, the first one I got was the Transformers movie, the cartoon. And oh, my God. Ty, it is flipping gorgeous. I'm
1: sure it is. But <laughs> it is. what do you, need? I mean, you, you listen to vinyl, and we have the ability. I've shown people who can't see it, we can listen to music on these things right here, mm-hmm. and it's perfect sound quality. Or you can watch movies on any streaming device.
0: Oh, yeah, no, this this. Oh my God, does it look so gorgeous? I need to get. I'm gonna get uh, uh, Mad Max: Fury Road. You can get a Blu-ray. That's the regular movie and the Blood and Chrome version. That's gonna oh, be. Boy. That's gonna be. <laughs> but the <even> mac-
1: that's <laughs> the thing with movies. Like, there's, there's, in St. Louis, there's a movie theater out here that has backs-only shows, and that's where I went to see the Batman. And next week, I'm going to see that new A24 movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, why? Do you need to buy these 4K things when you can just watch them in, in vax only theaters if you want to watch it on the best screen available?
0: Man, I am just I'm all retro, going all retro. I,
1: I mean, I get and you're the one who when we started this website <laughs> was we're not gonna we're not gonna do the baby boomer stuff, and you're doing you and our other two brothers are doing all the retro stuff. And me, the young one, who's <laughs> supposed to be the hipster, who's supposed to be the Pierre of this website. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> no
0: way, no way. That's, I told I told my wife. I go. I said, "Are you ready for my newest, uh, my newest retro thing?" And the first thing she said, she's like, "You're not going to start listening to cassette tapes, are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh
1: God!" <laughs> next thing you know, you're going to be telling me next week we and record that you bought the Smurfs movie on. <laughs> it looks beautiful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I just. I, I'm still, like, I'm looking at these things and just wondering what it is. And anyways, what I was saying about the G.I. Joe movie before I went on the sidetrack was.
1: Both of us went on a sidetrack. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that didn't really revive that franchise. You know, our uh-huh. kids don't play with G.I. Joe or give a damn about G.I. Joe or anything like that. Uh, and then they did that Snake Eyes movie last summer, which, again, if the movie was just called Cool Ninja Action, I would have been, yeah, I'm in. But it, it it's not called that. And. Dudes that are my age, and I am going to be 47 in a month, okay? We have an expectation for our G.I. Joe movies, and you keep trying to appeal to an audience that just isn't there. Somehow, this Smurfs audience is there. Somehow, this is something from our childhood that is, is now in the market and people are watching it and people you know our kids know about the smurfs and it's it's fascinating to me
1: i think you said what you said at the start though near the beginning of this makes a lot of sense and why kids like it is because it's popcorn it's it's empty calorie type food it's something that looks different from what you used to see and it's a cartoonish world with these little cartoonish type characters who have goofy names and I, my son's 10, my daughter's six. I can throw something like the Smurfs movies on for them. And they just escape in that world for 90 minutes. And I'm going to sound like father of the year here, but it's just a nice break for me when I can put that on. Like I said, I don't remember anything from the show, but I know exactly what Smurfs looked like. And I think our parents probably did the same thing. It was a break for them. And for me, it was 20 minutes where I escape in this world of mushrooms and Gargamel's trying to cook them and stuff like that. It's just, it's empty calorie type TV shows that are... It's why my daughter still watches Ryan world, Ryan's World on YouTube, why my son would sit down and watch endless cartoons of superhero stuff. It's even now to the point of, and I love The Simpsons, my kids will sit there and turn on The Simpsons, and it's a break for all of us just to sit down and escape into the world of The Simpsons. I think cartoons are so good at grabbing little kids' attention because it's just a completely different world from what they see every day, as opposed to... G.I. Joe making a Snake Eyes movie or if Napoleon Dynamite 2 were to come out tomorrow, I would see it and probably complain about it, too.
0: And yeah. And look, like everything else out there, it's, uh, you know, first one we did was Transformers and talked about how they had toys, a cartoon and a comic book. And they were kind of using all three to to or using the comic book and the show to essentially sell the toys, even to the point the Transformers movie 20 minutes in kills off everybody you came to see so they could sell you more toys.
1: Crazy. It's still crazy. To me.
0: <laughs> I, I remember another Twitter thing. Um, somebody's like, what's a movie or TV death that really affected you? And Jamil Hill put a picture of Optimus Prime dying. And she said, still not over it.
1: She is the coolest, by the way. <laughs> I love Jamel
0: <some> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to actually play a piece of this, but I'm going to have you pick this up on your phone, okay?
1: Yep, what am I looking for?
0: Father Abraham Smurf Song.
1: Are you all coming from? From Smurfland, where we belong.
0: Are you talking just like us?
1: No, we Smurf, it's much less fuss.
0: Do you do things that
1: we don't dare? We are real Smurfs, so we don't care. This is the
0: song with a nice refrain. Yes, we will sing it once again. The Flute Smurf begins. Okay, Ty, that was Father Abraham Smurf's song. That was a record in 1977. I'm going to read I'm reading this from a SlashFilm.com, Bizarre Smurf Facts.
1: Okay.
0: We were... In Disco Fever at the time, there was the song Disco Duck and all this other stuff. And somebody is like, oh, we should do some kind of music for the Smurfs. And I think the original idea is going to be some kind of disco track. Well, this Dutch musician named Father Abraham.
1: Who's got a dope beard, by the
0: way. <laughs> he did this little song. He did this, uh, this Smurf song. Again, this is before the cartoon and everything like that. So the company that made it was a small little independent company. They made 1,000 pressings, 1,000 records of this song. Okay. They sold 400,000.
1: Oh, my goodness. Within
0: a few months. <laughs> it hit number one in 16 different countries. Holy cow. <laughs> so. It was a big deal. It was just this huge, huge little thing. And I'm going to save this for the second half. But even to the point that the Smurfs were used in one of the most, I I swear to God, when I saw this, I thought it was some weird 1150 Saturday Night Live skit. (laughs) Totally.
1: (laughs) Well, and I will say, like, the music isn't half bad on there. I like the flute because it's got a little reggae tone, Mm -hmm. like a little reggae groove to it. but um. Father Abraham, like I said, has a dope beard, but that song is purely drug-fueled, I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a weird, weird, strange time. Well, that that's where we're going to leave it. This whole, this, I mean, decades of building up the story by Peo, the cartoon spawned in the movie, spawned in the music, spawned in everything. And then, like I said, Ty, I'm going to start off the second half with the, uh, of all of these stories, the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is because of this one particular story. All right. Sounds good. Hello, all. This is R.D., and I want to take a minute here just to talk to you about how you can support this great podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, all the work we do on Seedsing.com, and especially all the hard work that Ty does bringing you the sports knowledge and the pop culture knowledge that you just so deeply want, and how you can support me bringing you all the political knowledge that you definitely do not want. We have a Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com and look up the X millennial Man podcast. And for just five bucks a month, guys, you are going to continue to be able to give you all this great content, give you the things that we are also craving that we know we need. And then in addition to that, we're going to be launching a Patreon-only podcast called the X millennial Man Political Report, where we're going to go through kind of more of a deep dive on my personal thoughts and other people's thoughts on what's going on politically around our country. That way we can keep the X millennial Man as... Your place where you're going to go to find out all the most important things, guys. We created this. Ty and I did because me being from Generation X and he being a millennial. Honestly, I was tired of hearing about Citizen Kane's the greatest movie ever. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but we got, kind of got tired of wait. Nothing since Citizen Kane can be better. I mean, come on, Back to the Future is way better. To some of us, Fast and Furious movies are way better. This is a place where we can talk about that stuff and where you're going to get that again. Not opinion, true fact of what is the greatest. Ever when it comes to music, sports, politics, all that stuff is seedsing.com and the X Millennial Man Podcast. So come on over to Patreon. Five bucks a month is all it is. And hey, if there's something more you need from that, come hit us up. Tell us. You need t shirts? We can give you t shirts. You need handshakes? Maybe we can give you that. But come on over to Patreon, the X Millennial Man Podcast. And now I'm going to get you back to the conversation. okay so like I said I thought this was a joke mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact when I, I I'm gonna talk to you about UNICEF you know what UNICEF is
1: I sure sure do yes, yes.
0: so <laughs> UNICEF decided they wanted to get in um, they wanted they were they were doing this uh, this program this is 2005 they were raising money to re- rehabilitate former child soldiers in the nation of Burundi so again, I Whoa. probably said that wrong. So kind of a uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah. So they got with a, by this time uh, the artist Peo has passed away, but his family still owns the rights to the Smurfs and everything like that. So UNICEF contacted his estate and saying they wanted to use the Smurfs for an ad campaign. Now I'm not going to play the ad campaign because it's only in Dutch and French, and this is an audio media, so you don't really <laughs> understand exactly what I'm doing. But I am going to describe it to you, and I'm going to encourage people to go watch this. It's like 30 seconds long, but it was this campaign that was like any other episode of Smurfs. You see them all dancing around, singing, all this other stuff. And then suddenly you see a bunch of bombs appear in the sky, blow the entire village to shreds. Oh, my God. And the episode ends with a baby Smurf covered in some kind of red or brown liquid crying. (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) That's a nightmare. Yes, they only showed it after 9 p.m. on national television. It is considered wildly successful. This ad campaign.
1: That's I. I, I'm I'm shocked right now.
0: But even if you go to the Smurfs wiki or the Smurfs fan page, it says right at the top when you put in Smurfs UNICEF advertisement. It says, sorry, my little Smurfs, you're too young for this. This article features information about a non-canonical, I can't, I can't talk, Smurf presentation, thank you, Smurf presentation <laughs> is considered not suitable for younger audiences. If you are a parent, make sure your children do not watch this without your discretion.
1: Wow, that's <laughs> some heavy stuff for a kid. <laughs> it, it, it
0: is, that's what I say, it is wild watching this thing because it's almost like, David Lynch Smurfs episode. I mean, that's literally what this is.
1: That's why David Lynch would make some crazy Smurfs episodes, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about uh, a little bit more about the Smurfs of today, okay? Or, you know, what what it is. So again... There's this website, BlueBuddies.com. You can go to, it looks like an old web 1.0 GeoCities type website, but it is, you know, people keep up with it. It's really good. You're
1: so retro retro that you're looking at retro websites. Yes, that's right.
0: (laughs) right. Again, it being this old of a website, it's fairly difficult to, uh, if I don't know what I'm looking for, to find something. So I, I just kind of randomly stabbing here or there. Now, it does say here that a lot of these smurfs, because I remember I looked at eBay and stuff like that, you can get a lot of these old smurfs from like the TV show, the ones that I had when I was a kid. You can get them for a couple bucks here or there. A lot of them have, you know, wear and tear and stuff like that. But then you start getting into more interesting smurfs here. So I told you earlier about there's a smurf with a graduation cap. Yeah. Well, that is considered the fifth most rare smurf out there and some of the prices i saw for these were around 85 to 100 dollars or so
1: for a doll like it's like a oh doll?
0: oh yeah no it's it's about like two inches high <laughs> oh my god
1: so it, it's life-size to what they said what uh, yeah. what's his name payo payo yeah
0: yeah uh some of the other really rare ones are like they're big they're there were bigger dolls. I remember we were talking about mad balls. There was the regular mad balls, and a couple of years later they had like the football and basketball sized ones. Yeah. But and this is just so uh, disappointing to me. Okay. And maybe it shouldn't be disappointing to me because I guarantee you that this is the rarest smurf out there because they probably didn't make enough of them. And if that's the case, I'm happy because it just shows the audience isn't there, but the rarest Smurf out there, not the most expensive. I want to make that very clear, but the rarest Smurf out there is a praying Smurf and Smurfette.
1: Ah, <sighs> that makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes me so mad that that's what people want to buy.
0: <sighs> yeah, but you can get it. You can get it for around a hundred dollars.
1: Oh God. That makes me so angry. It's, to me, that's akin to the people who have the stickers who say, keep the Christ and Christmas on their car.
0: Again, like I said there's a lot of these smurfs out there, but there was uh in particular the most expensive ones were a group of smurfs that actually the these were sold, they, still the record hasn't been uh, broken, but these were sold in 2001 on eBay in Germany. So this is like early early eBay. And there were 3 of them. These were Christmas smurfs essentially that came out in 1985. There is a um there's a bell ringer, there's like a little angel with a present and then there's like a one with a, like a stocking a stocking yep. with candy and crap in it. Yeah, so yeah. they sold for 2500 to
1: $2,700. Again, we're talking about two-inch tall figurines mm-hmm. here.
0: Yeah, but the, the good news is for the collectors, because I know I've said this again and again, and this is why I'm talking about all these toys. I go to the store and there's my toy aisle and my son's toy aisle. I mean, I, I'm probably telling on myself when I do this, but you probably have no idea what that is.
1: <laughs> it looks like... Ninja astronaut,
0: I have no idea. Yeah, ninja ninja astronaut, that's good. Uh, so this is one of the most famous G.I. Joe figures. This is Snake Eyes. That's what I'm showing, Ty, is Snake Eyes, okay. the okay. original, you know, super G.I. Joe ninja. Well, in India in the 1980s, this was Snake Eye. He, instead of, you know, wearing all black, he's wearing this powder blue. Mm-hmm. This figure, like, if I show you this one, it's got all these points of articulation. It's got all these cool weapons, things like this. This is a retro toy they sold at Walmart for a little while that I was lucky to find one day, and I I think it was uh eleven or twelve bucks is how much it cost. As a kid, these cost like three bucks. Yeah. This one, which is like an old Star Wars figure, doesn't bend at all. Has a little gun. This was eighteen dollars. Jeez Louise, man! <laughs> <laughs> so, my point is, look, I just have you know my two snake eyes here to help protect my computer while I podcast and things like that. Um. <laughs> I love
1: it that you have old toys around your stuff, Oh I'm yeah. just in my, in my kitchen. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I recently moved my office, and I'm looking over, and I got my He-Mans, I've got my taller G.I. Joes, I've got some Star Wars crap. It's, you know, my point is, look, this is a lot of the stuff I grew up with. Now I'm old enough that I'm like, oh, hey, I can have this stupid crap around. Mom and Dad would never let me buy it. Now I'm going to buy it myself, damn it. <laughs> it's like when
1: you move out and you can buy a whole box of pop and eat it if you want to.
0: Hell damn right, man. What do we do? We made those uh, Rice Krispie treats. Out of a cinnamon crunch. Didn't even <laughs> wait didn't for even them. Yeah, we just I let it mold to our hand and eat it off. That's we, what adulthood's a like. <laughs> together, that's what adulthood's all about so yep. uh, my point about all this is you know getting in the, people these toy collectors now i'll tell you where i'm not crazy ty these are all out of their boxes uh-huh. i don't keep them I in boxes say, in a,
1: you don't have them in there yeah no no, no. reconciling comic book style
0: comic yeah book yeah book style. no 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 not at all so which that's actually <laughs> something else i have thought about getting into is, uh, old comic book collecting again because oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. you gotta know. stop you
1: gotta stop with all the retro stuff like so it's funny i have a tattoo on my back just another quick little tangent of michigan their old symbol that's a wolverine with the sailor's cap on and during the ncaa tournament they had showed retro <laughs> logos and that's what my son saw and he's like oh that's what you have tattooed on your back dad are you a fan of retro stuff and i said hell no i'm not, a <laughs> fan of retro stuff. I'm not buying vinyl i the most retro thing i do is read uh, hard copies of books. Like I have paper and, and hardback books in my house. That's so about as retro as I go.
0: Well, I mean, I, people got to know what I read. That's why I put all my books out.
1: <laughs> all my books are in the toilet when I'm reading them, and then they go downstairs <laughs> on my bookshelves. So. Oh, no,
0: no way, man. I got to show them all off. But my point is, if I decided I wanted to get into like Smurf collecting, you can find a lot of these, you know, fairly inexpensive. It's these weirder ones, and that's what happens with them. They keep coming out. They keep coming out with them. They look. I'm not proud that I spent eighteen dollars on this barely movable figure,
1: <laughs> but I will say it's something that you enjoy. It. No, I have. We talked about starting lineups a while back. On yeah, now. I still have my Charles Woodson starting lineup, so I do have toys.
0: Yeah, but my point is, it's it's a you know, I it's a remembrance of. Something you had a good time with, and I, I look at it all the time, and I smile. And yeah. it's a, even to the point I got. I'm going to talk as much about GI Joe on this as a Smurfs. So there's a Super Sevens, <sighs> the name of the company that does this, and you'll see they do those reaction figures. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen them. They'll do like oh, yeah. these little figures like that, and that that's what this is. To the point of what Super Sevens doing is they're releasing all the GI Joe figures as they were in the cartoon. Okay. And not like the, the one I showed you that's a bit more, you know, like serious or real or whatever. And so that's, again, somebody like me, that's where a lot of my memories are. You know, the Smurfs, I remember from their cartoon. So... I'm going to end this, tie talking about how the Smurfs absolutely positively shaped my entire worldview and why I absolutely despise capitalism. Uh,
1: again, for a children's cartoon, I'm very uh, – I'm on the edge of my seat curious about all this because <laughs> I've already blown my mind with their heavenly one and with the price people will pay for some praying Smurfs or some Christmas time Smurfs.
0: The Smurfs were basically – Afforded their job by what they were good at. Mm. So Handy Smurf was Handy. Uh, lazy Smurf was Lazy. Jokey Smurf was Jokey. Accountant Smurf could do the books. Um, what would,
1: not- our, would my Smurf name be like Cleaning Smurf? Because I am an at-home dad and I'm good at cleaning?
0: you would be At-Home Dad Smurf.
1: Okay, well then what's yours? Because you weren't at-home. Would you be Political Smurf?
0: Mm. <laughs> I, I, well... <laughs> So here's where the Smurfs... Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> this, got, this ought to be great. So in
0: 1998, a writer named Mark Schmidt wrote this article uh, basically talking about how the Smurfs... This, it was a parody, but how the Smurfs led to the neo-socialism of continental Europe. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so in 2011... A response was written by somebody named Kate Crakey. She examined the nature of cultural theory based on textual observation, and warned against creating false allegories out of texts like the Smurfs. This is college-level crap, okay?
1: Yeah, for real. These I don't peop- understand what's
0: going on. So a French sociologist in 2011 named Antoine Bruno. He wrote an entire book that said the Smurfs represented a totalitarian and racist utopia.
1: So wait, wait, wait. a gentleman took time to write an entire book about this child show?
0: <laughs> the head of Peo Studios responded with, quote, Bueno's accusations are grotesque and frivolous.
1: Oh, um, people, it's, it's a cartoon.
0: <laughs> so there's this dueling concept of the Smurfs of that they represent the very best and the very worst of a true Marxist society. You know, Marxism, communism, whatever you may want to mm-hmm. call it, is each according to their means, each person should be afforded of what they can do. And that's why the Smurfs yeah. are stratified into what they can do. Now, the question becomes, what Smurfette do? You can make your own assumptions on what Smurfette does. Sure, um, but The show actually gave her a hell of a lot more agency. And then the Gargamel and the Asriel, do they represent the, the corrupt Western capitalist societies that are trying to take over the Smurfs? But I think when I, when I think of it myself, because I do think the Smurfs, even though the studio, the Peo studio might not like what I have to say here, I do think the Smurfs represent this positive notion of what marxism could look like a non-capitalist society people work for the sake of working and i've really been hung up on this lately we have the technology today Mm -hmm. to essentially barely work i was thinking about my wife in particular you know you and i or your wife in particular Mm -hmm. do we honestly believe that they work 40 hours in a week i mean at work 40 hours
1: yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, just as an example, like earlier today, my wife's working from home, and she had some free time after lunch, so she was putting together Girl Scout stuff while she was on the clock.
0: Yeah. So my point is, we are still have this expectation, this antiquated expectation to work when we really don't need to work. Mm-hmm. When we really should be, again, the way your wife does it, even my wife, use that time for something more positive.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's what I told her. I'm like, you're doing something good while yeah. <laughs> you're doing this right now.
0: That's what, in the 1980s, as a young, impressionable kid, that's what I saw in the Smurfs. You know, The Smurfs have a good time. They eat their Smurf berries. They go out. They screw with Gargamel, make him think he's in hell. They do all this other <laughs> stuff. But when it comes to doing a job, they do the job. They, mm-hmm. they continue to exist. And then this idea, everybody's like, well, then who's in charge? Well, Papa Smurf's in charge. That's his job. Sure. His job is not to be the leader, but to be the delegator, to be Mm -hmm. the guy that puts it out there. Now, as for it being a totalitarian and racist society, look, I get they're all blue. I get it. I think at the end of the day, you are talking about something that a cartoonist invented, and he did not want – I know some people say, well, they turned a darker color when they became monsters, and that's why it's all racist and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm fan wanking, but I just don't buy into that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what the Smurfs showed a couple of kids that grew up in the 1980s is that there's an alternative to capitalism. Sure. And it might not be such a bad idea.
1: I don't disagree with that at all. And like, I don't know how to put this without Simon, but mm-hmm. like you said, they each had their job. And when they weren't messing with Gargamel or doing some other nonsense, they did their job and they did their job well. And I don't know. Like, I think. You know, I would love to say I disagree with you and we can go into some (laughs) deep deep dive about it. But the children's cartoon, pretty much everybody on The Simpsons is yellow and people don't people. I mean, I know recently some people have called a lot of stuff. They've called out a lot of stuff that needed to be called out for years. But I don't know that anybody's ever going to go into such a deep dive with The Simpsons like they did with with the Smurfs. And I just think it's crazy that it it got so far that essentially writers were having beefs with each other, like, <laughs> like Tupac and Biggie, you know, had beef in the 90s. So that's crazy to me that people... I'm trying a lot, you know, since the pandemic started and just going through stuff and dealing with my own stuff. I've been trying a lot more to not be so cynical, look at stuff so critically that is clearly made for children. So it's it's insane to me that people took something like the Smurfs this, this far. They dove into it so deep that they have these Differing opinions that causes them to fight one another and causes the creator's family to openly call out these people who wrote these these bad things about it.
0: I mean, to kind of pull it all together with all these toys that we were talking about. Look, at the end of the day, this is really the first. I mean, the Transformers, yeah, came from Japan, but it, it really it's a very Americanized product. OK, totally. I, I, I call back to that movie again. Again, that movie kills Not just the main good guy. It kills the main bad guy, too. (laughs) 20 minutes in. Yeah. Just so they could sell more toys.
1: Capitalism, bro.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and they accidentally created something extremely memorable for people my age. Mm -hmm. But these toys, for the most part, they were, you know, He-Man was Boy Barbie. That's what mm-hmm. that was. You know, the original G.I. Joe, not the one I played with, but the G.I. Joes I played with were interestingly, were this very byproduct of yay military Reaganism. It was a bunch of crazy liberals who wrote the TV show that shaped my mind into it not being yay military Reagan crap. Yep. This was created by a Belgian artist in the 1960s
1: who was probably, I. Don't speak ill of the dead, but probably doing mushrooms. Well, you? yeah, easily.
0: But you're talking about a guy who probably remembered World War II mm-hmm. and saw that country, whose parents remembered World War I and yep. saw that country, saw his nation destroyed. And he was an artist and decided to go, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there's these little magical creatures that lived a harmonious life? that all kind of did what they had to do but instead of working 40 hours a day and just making money they do it because it's best for society and that's way this that's just the mindset he was in it took our it took our capitalism to bring these toys and this TV show to suddenly have this huge academic debate in the end. I think you're right. It's just some creative dude that drank or smoked a little too much one day and saw something blue. And maybe to
1: him, this is, this was his idea of utopia. This was his idea of what paradise would be like when he crossed over that realm or whatever. I mean, for people to take it so seriously, (laughs) people just need to calm down with that stuff.
0: Yeah, and hey, like I said, it had such an impact that UNICEF bombed an entire village and had a baby Smurf crying at the end to I, help save child soldiers.
1: <laughs> I cannot believe that, and I'm going to watch that clip when we're done. But I'm also going—no, I'm going to be like shocked when I see it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there it is. There's the the story of the Smurfs. Not as much meat, but I really wanted to talk about well, communism and totalitarianism.
1: Like, I, yeah, I can't believe something that I vaguely remember and you know only really know from people parodying it or making fun of it has such a lush and really like just spanning storyline and backstory about it and everything. And I just can't believe intellects are arguing about the <laughs> Smurfs. That that that's crazy to me. Yeah. There's so much more important things you can argue about than the Smurfs.
0: Nope. Nope. Like you said, it's gonna be East Coast, West Coast. They're just gonna <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> These two riders are going to shoot each other, essentially, because yeah. that's, I know people will say Tupac and Bigger are still alive. They're not, but that's
0: what I yeah. Well, so if the estate of Peo needs to come and get in contact with you to make your smurf, where are they going to find you?
1: I think that'd be rad if the state of PAYO got in contact. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, that's all lowercase. I write the pop culture stuff for Seedsing, dot com. Come check it out. I've been doing lots of sports stuff. That's because sports is pretty big right now. But I do have movie reviews and music reviews and just all kinds of different stuff. So check that out on Seed SeedSing, S E E D S I N G dot com. You can hear me on the Chucklehead Chat podcast. I've been on that a couple of times. You can find that anywhere you find. that's most importantly. You can hear me on this podcast. I know we took some time off, but we're back. You can hear me on this podcast, the X millennial man podcast. Rate, review us. Tell your friends about us. Have them rate and review us. Check out our Patreon, all that good stuff. And get vaccinated. Do what you can for Ukraine. And as always, Black Lives Matter.
0: Yeah, we repeat all that. Ex-millennial man podcast, seedsing.com. And so I said, you know, I've Went to New York. I went to a Broadway show. I went to a Knicks game, which they lost. I, I went uh, to a Grizzlies game, which they
1: won. <laughs> yeah,
0: against against Milwaukee. Uh huh. Got <laughs> to
1: see Giannis, dude. He's amazing, by yeah. the way,
0: I uh, It's and look, I'm able to do this because of vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh I mean, just yeah, just. And also, just so I can say, I I get a kick out of everybody telling me that if a kid wears a mask at school, they're being abused. Stop telling me I'm abusing my child. Maybe it's time for everybody to be concerned about their own. If you're so concerned about what my kid is doing, what I'm doing with my kid, maybe you need to, you don't have enough in your life to be concerned about. But anyway.
1: No, I couldn't agree more with that. And also I do want to say um, congratulations to now Supreme Court Justice Brown. I cannot say her first name, but congratulations
0: to Johnny Brown Jackson.
1: Congratulations to her. This is a big deal, people. We finally have a woman and a person of color on the Supreme Court, a, a woman who is a person of color on the Supreme Court. It's a big deal. No, it this is. This is a big, big deal.
0: To quote the current president, former vice president, after when he had that little kid at, at the Obamacare signing, and he whispered in his ear, this is a big effing deal, except he, he didn't say effing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big effing deal. It's, it's a big deal, and it's
1: very important, and it's a good, good thing that's happening.
0: All right. Well, that's it. Uh, next week, we are going to talk about basketball. So, my favorite Kansas getting to the title game made me win my family pool, but I'm not happy that Kansas won. It's just because you're a Mizzou fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> it does Mizzou even have a basketball team anymore?
1: Uh, they fired their coach. I know, coach I
0: know. I know. So. I thought they were going to get that St. Peter's coach, but he went to Seton Hall.
1: Uh, that's his alma mater.
0: Yeah, I know, not know. Hey, good, good for him. I mean, we sure, actually sure. I didn't even realize until we were at the Statue of Liberty that it's uh the other side of the river there is Jersey City, and my wife's like, yeah. That's where St. Peter's is. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, you were right there, right? <laughs> All right, Ty, talk to you next time.
1: <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs>
0: The X millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSane.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.